The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. The Word of God for this Sunday after Pentecost is, is found in Exodus chapter 7. I'm going to ask you to please stand as we see the great acts of God here in what we would call the the redemption narrative, the great Passover of the Lord. We're going to get there real soon, and I'm going to start reading right there in Exodus chapter 7, beginning at, at verse 14. Then the Lord said to Moses, Pharaoh's heart is unyielding. He refuses to let the people go. Go to Pharaoh in the morning as he goes out to the river. Confront him on the bank of the Nile and take in your hand the staff that was changed into a snake. Then say to him, The Lord, the God of the Hebrews, has sent me to say to you, Let my people go so that they may worship me in the wilderness. But until now... You have not listened. This is what the Lord says. By this you will know that I am the Lord. With the staff that is in my hand, I will strike the water of the Nile and it will be changed into blood. The fish in the Nile will die and the river will stink. The Egyptians will not be able to drink its water. The Lord said to Moses, Tell Aaron, Take your staff and stretch it out over the, your hand over the waters of Egypt, over the streams and canals, over the ponds and all the reservoirs, and they will turn to blood. Blood will be everywhere in Egypt, even in vessels of stone and wood. Moses and Aaron did just as the Lord had commanded. He raised his staff in the presence of Pharaoh and of his officials, and struck the water of the Nile. And all the water was changed into blood. The fish in the Nile died, and the river smelled so bad that the Egyptians could not drink its water. Blood was everywhere in Egypt. But the Egyptian magicians did the same things by their secret arts. And Pharaoh's heart became hard. He did not listen to Moses and Aaron, just as the Lord had said. Instead, he turned and went into the palace and did not take even this to heart. And all the Egyptians dug along the Nile to get drinking water because they could not drink the water of the river. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. The University of Virginia was founded by Thomas Jefferson, but it was built by slaves. In fact, those immaculate grounds and those classical buildings were built, they say, by some 5,000 men and women who were enslaved to the University of Virginia. 
One of those slaves' names was a woman named Isabella Gibbons. And her words are now inscribed in a memorial to that moment. She said this, Can we forget the crack of the whip, cowhide, whipping post, the auction block, the handcuffs, the spaniels, the iron collar, the negro, negro trader tearing the young child from its mother's breast as, from, as a whelp from a lioness. Have we forgotten that by these horrible cruelties hundreds of our race have been killed? No, we have not or ever will. These words are inscribed in what is now called on the campus of the University of Virginia the Memorial to the Enslaved Laborers. It's a beautiful memorial, a haunting memorial. On the memorial, there are names of the people who were remembered and written down. And underneath each of the names, there's a slash, as if a whip had cracked the stone. And when it rains, the drops go through the slashes in the stone, and it looks as if the stones are still crying. We will never forget, nor should we. And God doesn't forget either. He will never forget what is done to his people. You see, the Lord tells Moses at the beginning of this lesson, he says, go down to the bank of the Nile. And Moses knew what had happened there. He could remember because his mother had told him. He knew that, that Pharaoh had once made an edict of infanticide. A kind of genocide when he said, throw all the Hebrew baby boys into the, into the river Nile. And he had been told about how his mother had picked him up and put him in an ark. And how she knew that if even one little wave would hit that little ark in the right way, that her little baby boy would topple into the Nile and go straight to the bottom. Like so many other Hebrew baby boys had done. When the Lord said, go down and meet Pharaoh at the bank of the Nile, all of these memories must have come rushing back to Moses. And so Moses went down to the bank of the Nile, and he did exactly as the Lord had said. He said, the Lord had told him, Moses, go down to the bank of the Nile where the atrocities had been committed. And he said, Moses, take your staff and strike the river. And it will turn to blood. Not oil. As if, as if Moses was going to cause the, the largest and most devastating oil spill 
that the world has ever seen, not oil, not wine. <laughs> I mean, this isn't Jesus here where he's at the wedding and he's going to turn water into wine so that the guests can, can take in and, and celebrate the goodness and the grace of God, not wine. The Lord told Moses to go and strike the Nile and turn all the waters in Egypt to blood. And you kind of sort of got to think about that. You know, in my life, I've largely been spared bloody images. Have you? I've never been at the site of a massive terrorist attack in the recent aftermath. Never seen that. I have never been in a slaughterhouse before. I have never really seen a war-torn battlefield where men and women lay dying. I've largely been spared seeing blood everywhere like they saw blood everywhere here. There was once a time when, when a few years ago, I'll never forget it, I, I was walking down Roosevelt here. And I got to about 58th Street. You know the place that I'm talking about. And on the left-hand side, there's a Dwayne Reed. And I saw that morning as I was wa- walking to Chase Bank right there. I, I saw that morning police tape everywhere. You know the yellow kind where it says, police line, do not cross. And there was police and detectives crawling all over the place. And that's where I saw blood where there shouldn't have been blood. I'm not going to go into the graphic details, but when you see blood spilled on the ground where you should not see blood, It's engraved in your mind and in your heart. You see, the Lord wanted Pharaoh to think about the blood that had been spilled. It wasn't oil. It wasn't wine. It was blood. The Lord, in his goodness, had literally, as an artist, almost taken out his paintbrush and he had painted bloody red the things that that Pharaoh had done. He painted bloody red the systematic and racist abuse that Pharaoh had brought down on the people. He painted red the infanticide and the murder He painted red the fact that the Egyptian society had been built on the backs of others. He painted it bloody red so that Pharaoh could know exactly what he had done against God's people. And Pharaoh saw it. But you know what? He didn't take it to heart. It's what it says in the end of our lesson. He says Pharaoh's heart became hard. He turned 
and went into his palace and did not even take this to heart. He did not take seeing blood everywhere to heart. Legend actually has it that when Pharaoh walked back into his palace, that he said, that's okay. I don't drink water. I drink wine. Can you imagine? God wants us to think about blood this morning, as hard as that is. Can you imagine with me for a second? What if God painted the hurts and the harms that you have caused to others bloody red? What if he did that? What what if he took his paintbrush and helped you to see in an incredible relief the hurts and harms that you've done? Like like for the parents out there, what what if God would would put a scar on your children, like on their skin, every time you've caused emotional harm with the words that you've spoken? Or what if God took out his paintbrush and and painted red with slashes on the back of your spouse the hurtful things that you said or did to him or her? And you could see it in the water. What if he did that? Would you take it to heart? Would you lament it? Would you say, God, I am such a sinner. Now you've shown it to me. Would you believe it? Or would you, like Pharaoh said, that's okay, I drink wine, not water. You know, the rest of the story is kind of interesting as we have it here in Exodus chapter 7. Really interesting. Because what you have here is these these magicians show up, right? And it says that they could also produce blood from water. You know, you think about that. Why would they do that? (laughs) Have you thought about that? Why in the world would the magicians make the plague of blood worse? Why would they take the little bit of water that they had and turn that too into blood? And the answer is this. They couldn't reverse it, see. They couldn't take the bloody Nile, and turn it back into a life-giving source. They couldn't take what before had been good drinking water and turn it back into good drinking water. See, the Lord is also teaching us something here, that you cannot turn something that is bloody back into something that is life-giving. In high school, I had to read the play Macbeth. You know this play? Shakespeare, The Jogging of Memory. And there's this stunning scene in Macbeth where where Macbeth has committed a murder. He has killed Duncan. And he wants to wash the blood off. 
He wants to get rid of it. It, it. He's frantic, and he's washing his hands, and this is what he says. He says, Will all great Neptune's oceans wash this blood clean from my hand? No. This my hand will rather the multitudinous seas in Cardine, making the green one red. See, bloody things cannot be turned back to water. Instead, bloody things make water bloody. Now, I suppose that's a pretty depressing thought. And it's actually kind of amazing because this is how Pharaoh leaves it. He just, he just walks back into his palace, denying the bloody things that he had done. But I want you to see the Lord here. He is doing everything that he can to bring, Mo, to bring Pharaoh to repentance. He is doing everything that he can to bring Moses to the saving knowledge of the Lord. In fact, the Lord doesn't even give up on him here yet. He's going to bring plague after plague after plague after plague so that Pharaoh can understand the harm that he has caused and come to believe in the saving and redeeming name of the Lord, but Pharaoh just won't have it. Even with, with the last plague, which is we're going to talk about next in two weeks. The Lord in great love wants to paint something else red. And he gives a promise. He says, Take this blood, the blood of an innocent lamb, paint it over the door frames of your houses, and I will pass over. The lamb will die in your place. And Pharaoh still wouldn't do it. Not you, dear Christian, not you. The Lord wants to, to paint red in your lives, not just, not just so that you'll see the pain and the harm that you've caused on the hearts and in the lives of others, but that you would know the saving name of the Lord because the Father has gotten out a hyssop and He is painting red. Believe in the blood of the Lamb. Believe in our innocent and saving Jesus who died in our place. And the plague of death will not touch you. The God of plagues will simply pass over you because in His love He has given you a way to wash your hands clean in the blood of the Lamb. The Lord wants to paint red this morning. He wants you to know 
that he is the God of Israel and the God of Egypt and the God of New York and your God has saved you in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.